0: It's another beautiful morning in New Orleans, and we are hitting the streets, grabbing ourselves a drink, not too much of a drink, but we're drinking a lot, probably too much, here on Cloak and Jabber, the Cloak and Dagger podcast. Hey everybody, I'm Alex. And we are,
1: I am JT Sizzle on the side, and we are playing cards, but not with just the cards, with names on them, because that's fucked up. Hey, 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 let's get some coffee. I'm Justin.
0: I'm Pete. And as mentioned, you're listening to Cloak and Jabber, Cloak and Dagger podcast. We're going to be talking about the third episode of season two, Shadow Selves. And oh boy, I'm glad I called out that drinking right at the top because alcoholism is not actually funny and I apologize to everybody.
1: <laughs> wow. Um, really turned around there. Um, yes. I mean, I, I mean, we'll talk about this later, but this, this show really depicts everything in all its horrifying detail.
0: Yeah, something we were talking about with the first two episodes in particular is this is a drama with superpowers, not a superhero show. Sometimes it feels almost so real and so intimate, it's like you're intruding on people's lives in a certain way. And particularly with the Father Delgado stuff, which we'll get into in a second, this episode... It's very sad, and played very real, and uh, to the show's benefit. Okay, before we get into episode three proper, though, we're going to go to my favorite part of the show, which is where we check in with our New Orleans correspondent, Brett Macris. He sent us a bunch of notes for the past two episodes, which, hang in there, this is a lot of stuff, but because there was a double-sized premiere, he talked us through real stuff about New Orleans from episode one and episode two, so we'll kick it off with C. Season two, episode one. Brett says, here we go. Okay, the bridge that tie is standing above in the opening scene is the 10 Freeway, which rolls right over Carrollton Avenue. It's not a fun place to be. It goes through most neighborhoods in NOLA and all the bad ones. There's a lot of homeless camps, and on the weekend, it's a massive party almost every weekend. A lot of locals bring out large trailers with food carts and huge grills. There's usually a DJ set up somewhere, and they take over about two blocks worth of underpass and go most of the night It's always chaotic. You can also see the Carrollton Bridge in the background when Ty and Mayhem are in a police car outside the police station. And from that point, it splits into the 90 and the 610. This will take you to Baton Rouge. This is great because I'm planning on driving in New Orleans very soon. When Tangy jokes, waiting for tips sucks. This is why I'm a chef. We should mention Brett is actually a professional chef uh, after the group therapy session. And then that's why I got into roller derby. She's kidding. But roller derby has a popular following down here because, of course, it does. I'll tell you what, uh, this is a separate note, not about the roller derby. I'll tell you what, we have great trees in Nola, especially in the lower garden district where Ty's parents live. They're hundreds of years old. Some of them and Ty probably shouldn't be climbing around to them. While Tandy is cutting up uh, the D-bag abuser's house, Ty is working on a map. The final square he's drawing around are the neighborhoods, uh, I'm going to get this wrong, the Marigny and the Bywater. Uh, Brett says he lives in the Marigny and he's got an arrow going right through his house. Sorry about that, Brett. The big drug warehouse is operating out of the warehouse district, which we should all know by now is real close to Emerald's. Emerald, we're still waiting for you to show up on the show. Uh, Ooh, the underground club under Frenchman Mayhem Medicines went on the phone after Ty dropped off the drugs. And money is the same street God has a sex dungeon in in Preacher. It's surprising that they didn't bump into each other. uh, Hashtag Pete the Poodle. I couldn't tell you what club was at the end, but that was bananas. I mean, who in Nola doesn't drink? Come on, Ty. That's all right. He's a teenager. He's allowed to not drink. Uh, going to the episode two notes, again, season two, episode two, uh, just a quick reminder that Emoji Girl's mom lives above her voodoo shop in the French Quarter. And it's highly unlikely any apartment above Voodoo Shop looks that nice. Ty and Emoji Girl walk down Burgundy Street, which is the north end of the French Quarter, and a generally quieter street than most of the French Quarter. If you follow it long enough, you'll hit my house, not my house, but Brett's house. I mention it because I know Alex, okay, here we go, I pronounced it. Like anyone would normally pronounce Burgundy, but down here we put the emphasis on different syllables. I'm reading this live, so In Nola, it's pronounced Burgundy with an emphasis on the gun, so Burgundy. I live on Kerla uh, Ke-la- Kalarak Street. I know Alex just said Kerla We actually pronounce it Kalarak. Oh, wow. This is getting in my head here, Brett. I don't know why no, no one pronounces the R, but that's just how it is. Siri has issues in New Orleans. Ah, I think Tandy's dance studio is above Decatur Street. Definitely mangled that one. Sorry, Brett. Uh, I don't know if there's an actual dance studio, but Decatur Street is a busy end of the French quarter. Tandy mentions to the outreach guy that the girl that disappears worked at Café du Monde, the opposite end of Decatur, uh, where the dance studio would be. Café du Monde is where they sell world-famous beignets and chicory coffee, open 24 hours a day. The club Rue Gru, where the drug gang leaders get murdered, is completely fictional. Also, everyone knows you don't puke in a puddle. Enola Cop should definitely know better. That's disgusting. It's highly likely that someone else already puked, or God knows what there, and now you have swamp puke water splashing back on you. Horrendous. So the fight scene with Mayhem and Dagger, this is at the end of the episode with the ambulance driver takes place outside a bar called Landing Lounge, which is on the West Bank in Harvey. It's like what New Jersey is to NYC. That's pretty accurate, actually. The West Bank is definitely the New Jersey of NOLA. You could live there, but why would you? Uh, Sorry to Aaron and John on our Patreon Slack. He also says, fuck, this show is good. It feels really good to be writing about it again till next week. And then adds several uh, quick more notes. He says he almost forgot. Yes, we have cameras in NOLA. Also electricity, indoor plumbing, and we just got this new thing called the Internet. I think I'm spelling it right. But really, Pete makes a good point. That's the first time on this podcast. So congratulations, Pete. There's cameras fucking everywhere in the city. There's a lot of crime and quite a bit of stupid drunk people. So cameras come in handy. Almost everyone has one on their front porch. So chances are somebody would have seen tai changed. OK, that out of the way. Let's get into the recap proper for episode leading into episode three. Yeah, there are two kids, Tandy and Ty. They are or were the divine pairing. They had uh, have powers. Uh, Ty has the power to teleport himself as well as enter people's fears. And Tandy has a couple of powers now. She can create light daggers, also Dragon Ball Z out and shoot a big ball of energy, a big ball of light. And she is able to enter people's hopes their powers are tied together, but their situations were switched at the end of the last season. So Ty has been on the run from the cops. Uh, he was framed for a murder. He didn't commit specifically the murder of detective Bridget O'Reilly's boyfriend, a cop himself. Uh, he definitely didn't do it. Meanwhile, Tandy cleared her father's name and got back to a relatively normal life with her mom. Uh, as we picked up in season two, they were still trying to repair their lives, trying to figure out whether they were heroes or not, and ended up both separately on the trail of some human traffickers who work out of the back of ambulances. Basically, they kidnap women from, uh, underserved neighborhoods, uh, from impoverished neighborhoods. They inject them with heroin are doing something with them. Maybe they're selling them as sex slaves. Maybe they're just using them as drug mules. We're not 100% sure exactly how it's all worked. Working yet, uh, but they did manage to track down one of the guys uh, with the help of Detective Bridget O'Reilly, at least they thought. Turns out it wasn't Bridget O'Reilly at all. Bridget died at the end of the last season and came back reborn as a new vigilante called Mayhem, who has super sharp nails and uses them to cut people's throats. Yeah. Uh, it was yeah. revealed at the end of the last episode that Bridget and Mayhem are actually two separate people. Yes. We thought There was a whole Jekyll and Hyde thing going on, but there was a twist going on there where there are two of them. And what this episode does is it loops back to that moment when Bridget came out of the swamp, when she crawled out of the swamp with green eyes and works in a couple of other things as we slowly work our way back to the present and fill in some of the gaps there. Last character we should mention, uh, we mentioned Father Delgado. He was a teacher and priest at the school that Ty used to go to. Uh, He was an alcoholic, uh, but ran into some hard times. And as we find out towards the beginning of this episode, has left the school, somewhat yeah. of his own will, somewhat not. But let's get into it. Let's talk about this episode. Uh, uh, there's a lot of. Also, we
2: should we should mention the lady who used to work at Roxon.
0: Who- oh sure. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Mina, yeah. uh, played by Ali Maki. This is a friend that Tandy made in the previous season. Yeah. Uh, she was inspir- instrumental in studying the rocks on energy that uh, gave Tandy and Ty their powers. That was something her father had worked on with Tandy's father, and she, we haven't seen her since the end of last season. So we actually pick up with her. She's still experimenting with the energy, yeah. specifically on mice, and she finds, due to a power surge, the mice split in two, and she watches at one of the mouse eats the other mouse, which is basically exactly what's going on with Mayhem and Bridget O'Reilly. And right, with exactly. a, that's
1: an excessive amount of blood in that situation, don't you think?
0: Really? I don't know. Mice are like furry little blood bags. Oh, that's so uh, gross! Why do you know that? Yeah, I used to work uh, with mice.
1: Oh mm-hmm. wow! What a weird thing to say without giving any more details.
0: <laughs> Just professionally, it's not really a big deal. You I don't worked, want to get you into worked at a
1: blog with mice. I worked at Disney Oh So they would like um, Like put your clothes on And stuff I
2: don't know I, I just Someone who lives <laughs> like In Cinderella? New York City
0: Like Cinderella Yeah uh, I feel and like mice and whatever.
2: who lives In New York City I wish they would Stop using cute Adorable mice For these things And use rats You know what I mean
1: Or oh, something really? else That's like I feel like Rats are cute too
0: Nah Yeah No they're not
1: They're like teenage they mice they're <laughs> like mice who went through puberty, Pete.
0: Yeah. Why Haven't you, you ever been in a subway and a, a rat looks at you and he's like, whatever, leave me alone, Pete? Yeah. <laughs> no.
1: I'll, I'm yeah. my own
0: animal, Pete. I'll do whatever I want.
1: Let me be it's myself.
2: Fine. I'm sorry that you guys are like close personal friends with the pizza rat or something. I didn't mean to hit a nerve here, but like, you know, the mo- mouse testing, uh, there's, uh, you know, there's got to be a better way.
1: I knew pizza rat when he was just rat. Okay, so like I actually knew my...
0: him when he was a when he was a mouse before he was a teenager. He was pretty cool, and we used to hang out all the time. Yeah, he he
1: really grew out of that phase. Got into pizza. Gate that's a gateway yeah. drug to a regular garbage. <laughs>
0: pizza. Uh, so anyway, she finds out about that, and then we flash through. How should we arrange this? It's a little difficult to follow some of the history here. It was interesting to me that they included date markers in this episode yeah. because they played around with time a lot on the show, but they've kind of let you follow along. This one though, even with the date markers was kind of confusing to follow at certain points. Yeah, I felt.
2: It took me a while to figure out where we were and stuff like that. But well, uh, I think by the end of the episode, they cleaned it up nicely.
1: Well, I do think they were just trying to be like, look, they're in this cycle where uh, we've learned, we're learning about the backstory of the Mayhem character at the, at the same time that our main characters are sort of solving the mystery of the backstory of the Mayhem character.
0: Right. So we can follow it along. Though uh, she comes out of the swamp, uh, heads back to her apartment, is very upset and alarmed, very thirsty, and she's very thirsty. Hates yeah. Gets she breaks a- her fridge. Throws it oh, yeah. down throws the stairs. The uh, which I think that was a pretty easy way of establishing that, yes, in fact, she does have super strength beyond anything else. Like, we well, kind of do that, but...
2: Also, it, it kind of talks about, shows that she's a little bit more evil version, and also, like, the fact that she still feels the things that the detective felt. And so, like, because her boyfriend died in that fridge, that's still painful for her as well.
0: Yeah. Uh, the other thing that was very funny to me that happens is, uh, they're doing a news report on how the city of new Orleans have been attacked by pseudo zombies the last season. And they say, uh, there's destruction everywhere. Everything is terrible. Also detective Bridget O'Reilly is in the hospital, yeah. which is a very specific detail to throw in a news report. Yeah. Um, She's a celebrity.
2: Yeah. Exactly. A lot of people love her.
0: Yeah, so Mayhem heads over to the hospital, sees Bridget O'Reilly there, uh, and is about to kill her, just the like old the mice. Stuff. Yeah, old pillow stuff uh, is about to kill her with that, just like the mice did in the first scene. When or she's have a pillow fight.
1: Or have a pillow fight.
0: Nah. Oh, is that what you think? Yeah, I fun. Think she's have a fight. Get fun. Yeah. Like if we're twins. You, if you discovered your twin. What would you do? What's oh, the I'd first immediately thing murder that? it.
1: Without <laughs> asking any questions? Not one question. You'd be like, hey, what's your deal? Why, why no. wouldn't you be friends? You could be friends with a twin.
2: Haven't you ever seen
1: Multiplicity? It doesn't work well.
2: You've got to murder that twin as quickly as you can.
1: Uh, Pete, the, what, sorry, the, the comedy with Michael Keaton? Yes. Uh, which one of those uh, clones are you, Pete? I'm obviously the cool one in the leather jacket. I was going to say the one that <laughs> likes pizza. Yeah,
2: I knew that's what
1: you were going to
0: say. Yeah. yeah, that's what Pete and rats have in common. Oh, boy. love and Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yes. So uh, Mayhem gets interrupted, jumps back into the vent and gets out of there, leaves Bridget to wake up on her own uh, and starts trying to figure out how to live a life and what she is going to do next. And among those things she does is she goes to a secret dingy hotel slash apartment place where she gets an apartment there. She tracks down father Delgado and finds that he's quit and kind of, uh, I would say helps him along his path to alcoholism a little bit. Yeah. yeah in a yeah, weird way. Tough man. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which is super rough to see. Like he, yeah. uh, as we check in with him falls apart almost immediately. He goes from yeah. being a sad priest to on the street completely drunk, yelling at people scripture as they go by. Um, But meanwhile, she tracks... Now, uh, correct me if I'm wrong. This was in the past timeline, right? Yes. Wait, wait, yeah, but I want
2: to point out, though, uh, That's Justin, you did that when you were touring in Australia, right? You would just get drunk and sit on a a box with your underwear and, like, heckle people as they walk by?
1: Uh, That seems like an odd uh, statement. What do you mean by that? When I was... uh... In Australia. Yeah,
0: what, what, what do you mean by that? <laughs> well, What's your game here? <laughs> you're, you're, Honestly,
1: Pete, that sounds like the rantings of a crazy person. <laughs> <laughs> well,
2: you were telling us how that you traveled around and you drank a lot and you would do a lot of street performing.
1: So, no, what I, what I was talking about, uh, this is totally unrelated, is uh, when I, right after college, I won a grant to study street theater. So I traveled around the world watching people perform theater on the street. I was a theater major. Okay, so I was studying. Them. Oh, so sorry, so that's you different were not from getting
2: drunk and and standing on a
1: soapbox and yelling at people. Um, it's a little different, yeah. Um, okay, all right. My but bad. I mean, there's My some bad. similarities, I guess. Do you think is
0: your point that you think Father Delgado got a uh, grant? I think that's what Pete's insinuating.
1: Yeah, great. Uh, but uh, it, outside of that um, personal sidebar. I do think, um, yeah, I think we're meant to see that uh, this whole first sort of third of the episode is setting up that Mayhem is like a a loaded gun just trying to shoot somebody. It's a total chaos agent. She uh, influences, she pushes Father Delgado deeper into alcoholism. She is just trying to get revenge on anyone and anything that she can
0: And one of the first people that she's trying to get uh, revenge on, which we didn't mention in the recap, is Detective O'Connor. Detective O'Connor is the corrupt cop who killed her boyfriend, actually not Ty, in the last season. And unbeknownst to her, because she was dying across town, uh, Ty basically cloaked him, took him inside of his Dark Force energy, I don't think we've ever called it the dark force on the show. We know that from the comics, uh, but took him inside of him. And that's how we got rid of detective O'Connor the last uh, season. Uh, But she's tracking him down. She finds a, I want to say corrupt councilman or corrupt cop or something like that, that new detective O'Connor ends up slashing his throat and killing him. Yeah, He's a Uh, a council
1: member. And it's funny. She almost lets him go but yeah. then kills him because he vouched for, uh, for Connors.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and so she seems lost at this point until she finds a missing note for one of the missing women and realizes, okay, this is the thing that I need to do. I need to track down these people. And that's kind of how we loop her back to the present storyline. Exactly. Now, Pete, um, how do you
1: feel about her particular brand of justice?
0: Uh, I think it's interesting because
2: we have this, as you say, like chaos kind of person, but also this kind of like mind of a detective where she's trying to do good a little bit, but in awful ways. Um, I think it's a very kind of cool, interesting character. Um, And uh, yeah, I mean, I... I definitely, before we knew it was two separate people, uh, I really liked her uh, hanging out with, like, Tandy and going to get justice.
0: Well, that's one of the big things that they're playing on in this episode. As Ty and Tandy and Bridget try to figure out what's wrong, Mayhem is essentially playing on Tandy. Yeah. I'm very hesitant to start this, but I was certainly thinking of you, Pete, and curious to see what you thought during the episode, because one of your main problems with season one was how Tandy acted, and a lot of what's going on with Tandy in this episode is she is wrestling with the idea of, should I grow rogue? Should I not follow the law? Should I do what mayhem wants me to do and just kill whoever I want whenever I want? While, meanwhile, Ty is trying to be the voice of reason and saying... No, we got to do what's right. We got to stick with Bridget. Bridget is our friend. We got to stick by the law. Right. Uh, we got to be in the good graces. How, how'd oh. you feel about that, Pete?
2: Well, it kind of goes back to the episode before where they're at a meeting and they're kind of talking about their abusive boyfriend, and Tandy loses it and was like, just leave. Get the fuck out of there. You know, and so it's this struggle with. What is right and what she wants to do, which I think is kind of a cool, interesting thing to struggle with, uh, especially someone who's trying to be better. You know? well, like in, in, this episode, in this season, she's trying to be a better person than she was in the first season.
1: Well, but I think the, the indicator there is so she's trying to impose her set of justice on the situation with the, the girl in the counseling group. Right, and then she meets Mayhem, who is putting her sense of justice on all these people and killing them, and sort of getting results. Uh, it seems right. like Tandy really wants results. Yeah, um, she
2: gets frustrated with the process,
1: right? But which involves murdering a lot of people. Ty, on the other right. hand, um, he uh, Mayhem he wants to kill evildoers, and Ty's been affected by that very directly uh, because of his brother. And yet he is the one who is saying, no, no, let's do this the right way. And I think it's a, yeah. it should, it's a great just split. The setup here is so fun to uh, mm-hmm. see how these characters are going to react.
2: Yeah, it is. Yeah. It's very interesting. And you can kind of what's great is you can see where Ty's coming from and where Tandy is coming from.
0: Yeah. So the threads that they follow here to try to figure out the mayhem mystery is first they ask Bridget, okay, think about what would you do if you were trying to hide out? And so they head over to the hotel. There's a fun little moment where they talk to the hotel proprietor, who was a little rude to mayhem back in the flashback, who immediately says, I'm sorry, I won't look at you. I won't look at you, miss, and just gives her the keys. So they realize, yep, we're in fact in the right place and they get to the room and they get to see insane, crazy murder wall that Mayhem has set up to try to track down these missing girls and exactly what's going on with them. Uh, and Bridget figures it out. She figures out the key based on playing well, it takes cards her a little
2: bit. And again, like uh, Tandy gets frustrated. She's like, come on, get you know, and Ty's like, "Hey, give her a moment, man. This is a crazy murder wall."
0: Yeah, I we just got cloak and dagger working together, and now they're being broken apart again. Yeah, I know it's you very know, frustrating.
1: Man. It's very yeah. frustrating. Well, one thing I wanted to call out is, what did you think of um, Evil uh, Bridget O'Reilly's coffee order of four
0: creams and five sugars? That was a lot.
1: That's insane. That's a, that's in a,
0: yeah. Uh, I mean, she, I guess she has a sweet tooth That is a pretty evil order of coffee
1: Yes, horrifying
0: really? what? That's interesting you, detail wait, that you guys
2: uh, got pulled out of that
0: You, what is, you thought it was normal?
2: I, I don't drink coffee I don't know if that's normal or not Certainly that seems like a lot though I don't I see people dump sugar and
1: cream Into their coffee all the time Wait, you don't drink coffee And you also don't understand coffee? That is correct, yes
0: what do you drink? What's something you drink? Just any liquid you drink, Pete. I have tea, water, soda. Okay, tea. Tea is a perfect one. Would you order tea with uh five sugars and four four sugars and five creamers? No, then you're not drinking tea. What do
1: you drink your tea with, Pete?
2: I just drink it plain. Wow. Yeah. Oh, by plain you mean with Mountain Dew, right? No, I just have the tea, no sugar, no...
1: But you you no. steep your tea in Mountain Dew. You heat up a, a <laughs> kettle of Mountain Dew and drop a tea back in it, right?
2: Guys, I don't know why you think... I. If I want to drink Mountain
1: Dew, I'll just drink Mountain Dew, cold red, of course. <laughs> of course. Of course. That's like Mountain Dew steeped with some sort of red nightmare tea.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Uh right so she orders some coffee she uh, intimidates this cop who gets her the coffee order and then I gives just it like regular- how
2: you know I I got pulled out of an episode because the way they showed basketball was ridiculous and then you guys get pulled out of an episode for coffee but I'm the asshole that's cool no, no that's but cool. I don't we
1: don't hate the episode that was just something that I thought was interesting to call okay. out um, I don't now hate all of the characters in the same way that you didn't like the basketball playing. And refuse to talk about the rest of the episode because
2: it was garbage. You gotta if you're making a TV show, you got to pay attention to details.
0: They weren't paying right. attention to details. Yes, I. You know what? I think I'm going to go with Pete. Pete's right. Uh, I thought the coffee order was a little weird, so I'm done. I'm not talking about this anymore. Alex <laughs> uh, yeah. is out. He's out, Get baby. Get passionate, yep. Come on, That's make some it. choices. Walking noises. Walk. 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 Yeah Alex is gone Based on those noises Great right. I'm back you guys I'm back talking Uh, about Cloak and Dagger So uh, we have uh, They eventually figure out Okay we gotta go talk to uh, Mina She should understand what's going on And they head over to her lab And of course she breaks it all down What's happened with her mice Uh, that one is the aggressive one, the other one is not. And uh, that also explains what's been going on with Bridget. She hasn't been able to aim her gun correctly. She's been more meek at work. So she's split not just off a meaner, super strong, super nailed, evil version of herself, but the good version of herself is also weaker. So we had speculated... In the previous episode, whether the good Bridget O'Reilly has any sort of powers, I think the answer is no. She's definitely less than mayhem at this point. Yeah, yeah, uh,
1: but I, I do think it is an equal split. So I think, uh, obviously, she will find her, the strength in who she is as we're going forward. I hope so.
0: Yeah. So they use that information, uh, they track down Mayhem to a uh, Strip Club and confront her there. The Glitter um, Gutter? Yep. A very well-lit sequence, I would say. <laughs> okay, that's the a, a creepiest way to say it, I guess. <laughs> hey, <laughs> well, I don't that's Strip
1: Club. I, Pretty well-lit, am I right?
0: Well, here's the thing. It's, they're a freeform ship Marvel show. It's weird to me that they said it at a strip club to begin with because they're not going to make it seem like a strip club necessarily. So the reason I said that is I think they do actually do a good job of not making it feel weird yeah. You know, not making it feel like, all right, you couldn't really do this. Like, they sell it.
1: But uh, that's what, I think what's great about this show is they don't shy away from any of those details. So, like, if we're going to shoot a strip club, let's figure out how we can do that and make it look real. Uh, we're going to show um, this priest who is becoming an alcoholic, and they do not shy away from that at all. They get yeah. into, like, the, the true, like, fall of that and the dark side and how that has, has really affected his life. It's a me- the show keeps the right and wrong messy. Uh, yeah. On all fronts And I think that is the one of the biggest strengths of this show
0: Yeah So uh, they end up uh, Tracking her down She escapes uh, And then the next bit Is they're tracking down Some of the girls I, I actually got a little confused here I felt like I missed something at some point But So they figure out where one of the ambulance drivers is And they chase after it But they're too late Is that
1: right? Uh, yes, but then they see all the. They find the other victims sort of there.
2: Also, we should point out that, like, Mayhem escapes because uh, the detective can't shoot herself. She basically can't shoot Mayhem, even though she had her point blank.
0: Yeah. Listen, she would have an easier time if Mayhem was a carrot person, like, over on Chilling Adventures with Sabrina. Right. I think that's what they should probably but figure out. Well, I was out.
2: just really kind of disappointed with that moment because, like, okay, what did you think was going to happen? You've, you're you watching the back door in case she runs out and you have to do something. And I, I was just really disappointed that she couldn't shoot her in the leg or nothing.
0: Well, I think that's the point, right? Is that she's split off into this coward version of herself that is beta to Mayhem's alpha.
1: And she's new to the idea of trying to kill herself, you know, like you would be.
2: <laughs> I right. just thought... I- I don't think that's a normal thing. No hesitation, Pete. Well, I think you know we saw it with the mice. You know, it's a you know you gotta it's kill or be killed. So you see so you
1: see another Pete walking out of a subway sandwich shop eating your uh, meatball sub, and you're like, murder I that immediately
2: fucker. choke him out. Yeah.
1: <laughs> no questions. You would be like, hey, what's your deal? Um, We've been over this before.
0: Yeah. Well, what if he was like? Hey, other Pete, I've got your meatball, sir. Uh, and you get it, about that far, and you just go. You yeah,
2: uh, yeah. Uh, would have to start with, I'm from the future, otherwise he's going to die.
0: Oh, so future Pete is okay, but identical Pete is not okay. Exactly.
1: What if it was you from the past, and you murdered yourself and then died?
2: Oh, Classic,
0: sure. you know, back to the future scenario. Yeah, there. you're like an O. That's Henry story. Enough. That's not the scenario in Back to the Future. Pete, yeah, no, you stumbled sure on is. that because that's not. You got yeah. very nervous there, but then you trapped yourself in saying it was a classic Marty McFly.
2: No, because you know he looks at the picture. He's watching himself disappear, which is like he's choking himself up. You know what I mean? That is not like he's choking. It's himself
0: Very different. At all.
2: I kind of feel like you guys saw a different movie than I did.
0: Sure. So anyway, they check out the girls that they rescued, and they immediately find out that the girls have no hope anymore, none at all.
1: Yeah, this scene I, which scene I thought is, was so good. Like, Tandy touches them, they have no hope. Ty touches them, and they're basically all fear, which I thought yeah. was great.
0: Now, let me throw something out at you, though. Do you think that metaphorically they're like that because of what's happened to them, or... Is there something chemical going on? Is there something with the overall Roxon chemical storyline going on that they're potentially being dosed with?
2: Oh, yeah. I'm hoping it's a little bit of uh, that more than the fact that they don't have hope.
1: Yeah, I definitely think. I mean, we thought Mayhem was going to be the villain for this season, but I think there's going to be a larger villain that, like, because we, we still don't know who is actually doing all this ambulance stuff and why. And I do think yeah. that's going to be the overarching villain for this season, while Mayhem will just be sort of a the dark side of being a hero, sort of a, like, a hero no one likes, a bad hero, like a Punisher-type hero, that I think hey, it's going you, to, uh, it is going to... Hey,
2: Punisher's in the streets doing things other heroes
1: don't want to do, all right? Literally what Taking, that's literally what Mayhem, trash, that's what Mayhem is doing. The streets, that's what Mayhem man. is doing, uh, and I think that's what uh, we're supposed I to learn. I agree with
2: you, though, Justin, that it's, I do think it's a bigger thing where the more we peel this back, the more we realize this is Roxanne
1: doing this the whole time. Pete agreed with me, Punisher's bad. Now, nope. Let's move on. Next topic.
0: Yeah. So uh, they end up tracking Mayhem down again, and they have a big fight. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – who, who ends up trying to shoot her? It's um, – basically, uh, she ends up trying to shoot uh, some, some of the criminals, and Cloak cloaks Mayhem, sucks her in, instead of letting Tandy hurt her in any way, yeah. uh, and she's gone forever, except she's not. Yeah, She's actually wandering around on the Dark Force. She finds a gas station, opens up a fridge, and sees her boyfriend in there and says, who's up for some awkward reunion, pancakes? And yeah. that's the end of the episode. <laughs> right. Well, I,
2: this, you brought this up earlier, Alex. I was ex- hoping that mayhem would find Detective Connors in that kind of cape world and
0: be able to kind of clean that mess up. She still may. Yeah. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, I think he's wandering around in the dark force somewhere. I was definitely surprised to see the boyfriend there. Yeah. But
2: well, they set it up with the fridge
0: stuff, so... I well, it's like also,
2: like,
1: ostensibly, this is uh, an extension of Ty's powers where sh- she is seeing her worst fears realized.
0: Mm. Yeah. I mean, that said... Taking Mayhem, who's already a little unhinged, and throwing her into a nightmare dimension that potentially she can escape from later, probably a bad idea. Yeah, really bad idea. In the comics, the Dark Force works very differently, where criminals are sucked into Cloak and then come out at a later time, very cold, sucked of all their fear, um, completely drained. I don't know if that's what's going to happen here. I guess we'll have to see how it plays out.
1: I would think that maybe Mayhem is going to burst out of Ty Mm -hmm. when he doesn't expect it in the same way that uh, in like the Infinity Gauntlet comic book series, Thanos burst out of Cloak at a point.
0: Cool. Uh, 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 Anything else you guys want to talk about with the episode?
2: Yeah, I wanted to talk about how I liked how they kind of struggled with the whole like They found the place where all the women were being held and they, you know, really kind of they're still struggling with their powers. And not everything is kind of like, okay. they could just show up and rescue all the women like that was like a real struggle. And I'm glad that they're taking the time to kind of show that.
1: Yeah, I mean, my my what I like about this show right now is it's really putting a nice split between the two main characters philosophically about what they believe and what they believe is right. So I'm excited yeah. to see that thematically play out.
0: Yeah. Uh, cool. This episode only, Cloak or Dagger? Who won Cloak or Dagger? Justin, why don't you go first? Guy
1: to give it up for Cloak. He's maintaining his, uh, his philosophy of just, he, uh, he had a great line. He was like, that's the kind of mentality that got my brother killed, which I thought was great. Shoot first, ask questions later. He's developing his powers. He's cloaking bullets. Uh, he's absorbing people into the dark force. Cloak is, uh, is coming through.
0: Cloak's no joke. What about you, Pete?
2: Yeah, I agree with Justin. I'm going to say Mayhem because Mayhem doesn't have time for paperwork. Mayhem's going to get shit done and take care of the bad
0: guys. You spent this entire episode saying you would kill an evil twin instantly. Wait, are you the evil twin? Is I that what's think going that's on here? the
1: revelation we're facing right now.
0: All right. Uh, I'm going to go with Cloak as well I thought Cloak was uh, great this episode Dagger was good as well But I, I agree with you Justin What you we were saying Alright if you would like to support the show Patreon.com slash comic book club Also we do a live show every Tuesday night at 8pm At the People's Improv Theater Loft in New York Come on by and we'll suck you into Our dark force wow. What okay. else do you want to plug Pete?
2: Front us on Facebook so you get to know about The amazing guests we have in our live show
0: Follow us on Twitter at comic book live Check us out at comicbookclublive.com for this podcast and more. And, hey, don't forget to have a drink as soon as you wake up. Bye-bye, everybody.